welcome to Minute 51 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and I first want to say that we have a very special week for everybody. We're actually going to be recording one-on-one with our guest in Boston. I happened to be in Boston this week, and I decided to uh, to do this, I guess you can sort of say live, one-on-one. I've, I've never done this. I've done over 300 shows, and this is the first time that I've actually done one one-on-one. So I, I want to welcome my guest for this week, uh, Sean German of the Next Scene Podcast. Welcome. Uh, actually, welcome to the show, but but, <laughs> but I'm actually being welcomed yeah. to your house. Welcome. So yeah, welcome to uh, welcome to my home, to my recording studio, and, and thanks for having me on the show. I'm... Uh, Excited to be here, yeah, and excited to have you here, yeah, and I'm excited to you know to be doing this uh, live. It's, it's it's a lot of fun, or, or at least we hope it's supposed to be a lot of fun. We haven't, <laughs> you know, I haven't done it yet, so we'll we'll see. <laughs> so thank you very much, Sean, for for your hospitality and for uh, you know letting me stay here all week in your in, mm-hmm. in your office. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll find some drawer that I can uh, you know fit myself in, or yeah. actually, you know what? You know what? This is a good week. Maybe you have like an air conditioned duct or something mm-hmm. like that. that yeah. Can, uh, <laughs> That I can find my way through. I have a duct you can kind of cuddle up in. It's it's nice and cozy. You'll okay, be- all right. Just do, try not to shoot me or point the gun in my direction. Uh, you know, if, uh, if 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 you get a little antsy during the course of the I'll, week. I'll try. All right. I'll try. That, that's fair. That's fair. So, minute 51 begins with the strap beginning to move and ends with a shot of a dark air conditioning unit shaft. So, on Friday, we, we, we finished the whole idea that, uh, you know... McLean is trying to stay as far away from from Carl Franco and Fritz, and he's you know running around the the little maze that we have there on the uh, I guess the, the the floor right below the the, the the roof, you know, and he's he's you know I mean I like the way that, that that he's zigzagging around, going through the same room over and over, you know, he gets the, to keep seeing the pictures of of the. You know the models on the wall to to tell us and to tell him where he is. But what we got here is is you know he decided that he needs to 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 get off of that floor. So he thought of this great idea that he's gonna take his gun, which apparently he ran out of bullets, and that's why he doesn't want to use his gun anymore. And you know he's gonna try to 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 lower himself down. Not very smart, if you ask me. Yeah. No. This seems like a very if he move, and I guess in in the situation you've got to make do, and he's kind of I guess like MacGyvering together whatever solution he can, uh, you know, making do with with what resources are at hand. But this all seems very iffy. At the very least, it seems like he could have done a better job of making sure that strap was attached to attached to the gun yeah, before I he lowered so. himself. Well, down. it was attached to the gun, but you know, not not as securely as you would think. But then again. You know, when when you're putting it on the gun, you're not going to really be interested in holding a person. The, the idea is that the person's holding the gun as opposed to the gun holding <laughs> the, the weight of the person. The gun holding the person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the, the strap is not meant to hold the person. The strap is meant to hold the hold the, 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 the fire know, so, of the gun. You know, it's, it's, type of, it's the whole thing, you know, like you buy something that's made to be used a certain way. And if you do it another way, you know, there's obviously no liabilities. But... Also, from the other perspective, you know, you have to think about what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I think he's voided the warranty on the firearm. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, but but he does have the warranty anyway because it's well, yeah, Tony's, it's not his. So yeah. there you go, Tony. Tony's the one who signed off on it. Right. You know, uh, who knows? 
So we, we get to see the the way that this gun starts to, you know, it, it's it's shaking a little bit, but you see the the strap start to unravel. You know, we mentioned last week that this this is very reminiscent of of you know five years later when they did Cliffhanger, where they do the same thing. You know, you, you slowly have the you know the strap uh, open up and you know start saying, oh, what's going to happen? Is this going? to... I mean, it's it's obviously foreshadowing something that we know is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Uh, you know, it's it's to add to the tension, but we just don't know how it's going to happen. We know it will happen, but the question is how. Yeah, how and, and when. And one thing this this film does really, really well is that buildup of tension and then the release. You know, we know this is a risky move, and then we see that strap start to slip. And we know, you know, is he going to make it to, you know, the other side of the duck or the other side of the, the shaft here in time? And then it releases, he falls, but then he catches himself. Right. And then but the, the music away. is also great here because of that. I mean, Michael Kamen did a great job adding so much tension just with the music. You know, the, you have little notes here and there that, that, that you like listen to and you're like, wow, what's going to, you know, how, especially the first time you're watching this. I mean, like, what, what's your history with the movie? When was, do you remember the first time you saw it? I do not. I mean, it would have been a, a while ago. I don't think I saw this in the theater, but this is, we're into the, I mean, I was around when it, when it came out, when it was new, and we're into the realm of home video. So, um, this was probably a rental for me, probably when it hit home video, mm-hmm. would have rented it and, and watched it at home. So, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it in the theater, but right. watched no, I it, it many times. As, as I mentioned, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I saw it for the first time on, on video. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, you know, we, we watched it in his house, but his parents didn't let him watch R-rated movies. We were 14 at the time. And every time his parents walked by, we had to like change the channel. <laughs> you know, so we were like, we, it was, it was a very, it was a stop, mo- we were watching a stop motion film. Mm-hmm. That, that's more or less what it was. But then that same summer, which was the summer of 89, the, I mean, the movie came out in 88, but in 89, I remember when it came out on HBO and I just watched it over and over and over on HBO. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, we're actually going to get uh, later in the week. There's there's a, a a line that they mentioned here that I always remember was on the promo on HBO. And uh, so we'll get there later in the week. Just a little bit of a teaser for people to to come back, you know, stick around to hear what uh, what we're going to talk about. That so you know the 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 way that that you you see him hanging there is also done really well. You know, he's that one of the things that I love about this movie is you don't have rippling muscles. Mm-hmm. You know, at least not from McLean. It's not. This isn't. You know, I mentioned earlier about Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, even though, you know, Stallone is supposed to be in every man there, like, like he, like, <laughs> like, uh, McLean is here, or Willis is here, right? But he still has the rippling muscles. Here, they don't have, the, they, they don't, they don't try. They want mm-hmm. the viewer to look at it and say, this could be me. You know, I don't need to go to the gym, uh, you know, uh, for, for seven hours a day for, for, I don't know how many years in order to, to have, you know, my veins popping out on, you know, uh, on my muscles and stuff like that. But, you know, you look at, at John McClane and you're like, okay, this, this could be any of us. Yeah, this really, and, and I can't think of a, 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 a big action film before this that kind of fits that mold. In the eighties, it was Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and even the action and starting with with uh, Seagal. I don't know if Seagal was really. Yeah. I guess he was less less of the, the muscle bound guy, right? But was, yeah, but right. even even right. the action stars that weren't muscle bound were 
kind of martial artist like a Seagal yeah. right. um, or Chuck Norris or someone like that who, um, you know, even if they weren't big bodybuilders, they weren't your kind of just average Joe off the street. Right. Um, so, yeah, John McClane as a, um, you know, as New York City policeman, I'm sure there's there's some physical requirement. You know, he's not, uh, you know, completely a civilian, but yeah, he's, he doesn't have the rippling muscles. He's not someone who's trained in martial arts. He's closer to the everyman closer to right. us in the audience. And, and, right. and I, I think that's think. why it works so much better, you know, because it, 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 it takes the viewer and puts them that, okay, this, this could be me or someone I know. Yeah. Right. You know, that type of thing. You know, I, I, I know another NYPD cop. It could be him. You know, it's like, it's yeah. not, it's not, Oh, I don't know anyone who looks like Schwarzenegger or Stallone. So, you know, it's a, there's a little bit of that disconnect, you know, but uh, so they, they 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 do the shot really well by uh, by showing it, and then you know you see him like he's reaching over trying to get to the to the other vent, and I, again the edits are great because you see him reaching over, and then they they flip back to the to seeing the the gun, and you see the strap a little unravel a little bit more, which is obviously even more unrealistic because. You know, the strap isn't that big. <laughs> you know, for us to get so many seconds of the strap, you know, most, I, I know I can talk from personal experience and I'm sure most people can think about it. You know, if you have like a backpack, you know, where the strap is opening up, it opens up in a second. Yeah. And a backpack doesn't have, uh, let's say, 150 pounds of weight on it right now pulling on the strap. You know, we'll, we'll say that, that, that he's 150 pounds. He's probably even a little more. But, you know... On a, a knapsack, it just unravels within seconds. <laughs> but here, it's not. It's you know, it's it's taking a little bit longer just to be able to add a little bit more to the tension and stuff like that. And they they do it really well. And and when you see him reaching towards the the air duct, it also makes you feel as if you're you, you could be in that type of situation. I mean, uh, we've all been somewhere where you're reaching for something which just slightly out of your your fingertips. And you're like, oh, I can still do it. You know, not necessarily in death-defying situations like this one. But yeah. certainly, yeah. Then you just think, oh, I can just... Just a I, little bit more. Just, another, another inch. Another just a inch. little bit more. Oh, I can just, yes, yeah, kind of stretch the joints a little bit just to make it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you, you don't have such a, a long drop. Yeah. <laughs> or 33-plus 30, floor drop. You know, and, and I also like the way that, that not just is, is the strap starting to unravel, but you see that the gun lift up a little bit. You know, that, that he's pulling on that also. Mm -hmm. You know, that the... So, I, I mean, I don't know well enough the physics of it all as to, you know, I would think that it would just get unwedged at that point. Right. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't last as long as it does here. And then we get a shot of Carl opening the, 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 the I guess, the doorway that uh, that McLean had just gone through. And he looks, looks in, you know, he opens it in a very funny way because if someone's... Standing on the other side with a gun, they're just going to shoot him in two seconds. You know, it's not the smartest way to open the door if you think someone's, you know, might shoot you. Right. But then again, that's what they've been doing the last few days. Anyway, you know, the, with trying to get into, you know, the, the, these actors are not uh, portraying, you know, professional uh, assassins well enough, I guess you could say, from that perspective. Because the two guys in the back also, one of them, you know, you see Fritz is just standing there with his gun pointed, but he has a blank look on his face. And Franco has the gun up in the air, which, again, as we discussed, I think, last week or two weeks ago, 
trying to run after somebody with your gun in the air doesn't really help you. The idea is you want it to be pointed at wherever you need to point it at. You know, if you're holding it up, yeah, you want to be. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the safest thing is to have it pointed down at the ground, but they're they're not interested in necessarily in safety. The safest where? The yeah. safest if you're if you're in you know if if you're at a shooting range. Well, yeah, safest if you're in 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 uh, you know in training or something like that. But yeah. if the idea is is you're you're expecting that there's a possibility that someone's going to jump out and shoot you. You won't have it. Want to have it pointed straight ahead. Straight ahead of you. Yeah. You know, and they, you know, whoever whoever was in charge of training the actors here in these situations uh, don't really do it very efficiently. You know, I, I think nowadays because of uh, they'll die and stuff like that, things things are a little more efficient and realistic. You, you know, you know, Dale dies, right? I, I don't recognize the name. Okay, so he he was in Platoon. That was I think one of his first movies that he was in. Okay. He was friendly with Oliver Stone. He. Uh, is a, a, a former soldier, and he opened up a company that basically trains actors in a okay. whole bunch of, of situa- combat situations of what they need. You know, he does like a boot camp for them. There's so many movies that he's that he's run the boot camp. You know, that you have Saving Private Ryan, and you know, he and he always has like small roles in most of the movies that that he's in. Uh, that 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 he does the boot camp in. Okay. You know, and so, you know, this, this is, uh, this movie did come out two years after um, Platoon, but they still, it doesn't look like they utilized his services. You know, like, uh, I don't know, have you, have you ever seen Band of Brothers? Yes. So he, he did that also, and he okay. was in Band of Brothers. Yeah. He played one of the the characters in there. And I, I think I think he was in Saving Private Ryan also. Yeah, he, he played like a colonel or something like that. You know, yeah, like, in general, movies are not... Good reference points for handling firearms. <laughs> well, especially in today's environment. But, yeah. you know, in general, they, they, they try to do it well. I mean, last week, uh, I think, yeah, it was last week, uh, my guest Kurt, Kurt uh, Kenny, was talking about the fact that when he was directing episodes of the the Blacklist, mm-hmm. so he said that the, the guys who were, the whole team that was dealing with firearms did, did an amazing job mm-hmm. about safety and all that stuff, you know. Unfortunately, not everyone is is like that. Well, you know, yeah. not in every situation and stuff like that. But but also, if it's obviously very sad about what happened last year. But if you think about the amount of movies that deal with firearms mm-hmm. and and you know, looking at the number of of accidents, it's still a very low percentage. It should be zero. There's no question about that. Don't get me wrong there. I'm I'm in no way advocating <laughs> otherwise, but my point is is that that it still shows how much professionalism there is, you know, about the hundreds of movies and TV shows that are that are filmed every year that need to have this type of safety, you know, and even if you have a few accidents along mm-hmm. the way, so the percentage is still very high, you know. But we want to get that number down to below zero, even yeah, zero be yeah. good. Yeah, um, even less than zero is good too. Less than zero, <laughs> and then we get another shot of of John, you know, back in the shaft, and he realizes he's not going to be able to make it so easily. So he he grabs the 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 strap even harder. And again, if that strap was already coming apart, there's no way he hasn't fallen already. You know, yeah, he's putting a lot of weight on it. You know, at one point you see that he's he's even holding himself up with one arm, which means he's really pulling on it. 
Yeah, kind of all his weight is on that strap. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not a physics person, but I would think that 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 he would be exerting probably even more force than than his weight because he's pulling on it. Also, it's not right, just holding him. There's yeah. also his force of him pulling it. Right, because he yeah he's not just hanging straight down. Right. He's pushing off the wall to try to reach. Now I wonder why. So he's when he's pushing off, he's kind of got his his toes in. It looks like his foot is perched on one shaft, and he's reaching across to uh, you know exit on the other side. Right. Why doesn't he just crawl into where his feet are? Maybe he wants to make it more difficult for Carl and his men to get to him because. If they're, he's just one floor below, so then, okay, they're just going to go down one flight. Right. Here they yeah. now actually have to try and find him in somewhere along this maze. Right. So, yeah, so instead of being just, yeah, one floor below where they are, now he's kind of the other side of the building. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it, it, it works out, and, and, and that, that makes sense. Yeah, that's um, true. But if he, if he doesn't make it, if he doesn't catch himself... Yeah, then, but it uh, doesn't mean he's going to be able to catch himself if he's one floor below either. Right. You know, you, you're not just going to let go and slide yourself down. He's he's holding on uh, on the floor below with his feet. Right. It's not as if he can grab on. Right. You know, I think he, he would fall head over heels that way if uh, if he slips, if he's trying to do it just from his, you know, just from where his feet are holding on to it. You know, but he he, tr- he tries to to take a, get a, a better grip mm-hmm. on the, the strap. as And then we get another shot of Carl, who is now actually... It looks like he's entering the room that John was hanging out of. You know, he's he's getting very close, and he was looking down, trying to find him, and then the shot switches again to John once again, trying to lean across, try to grab onto the to you know to the, to that other vent, and then you know once again it shows us the gun, where which is still unraveling. You know, that's a, <laughs> the, the tension is still building. Yeah, and it's a very very long shot. And then the strap lets go. You know, we hear the snap and then great cut to see John actually fall also. Now, do you, do you know the, the history of this, of the filming of this scene? I do not. Okay. So basically this was an accident. The stuntman was actually supposed to grab on to the, the duct that, that he's aiming for, mm-hmm. but the stuntman screwed up. Okay. The <laughs> he he actually slipped and he continued to fall, but they they loved the way that the shot was because he was able to grab. Uh, I guess no, he actually in in the real filming he wasn't even able to grab it because because if you watch he he just falls, you know you don't see John grab on in the same shot. Right, they cut away. They cut away and yeah. then they added it in, and you know it it adds even more tension to the fact that he actually missed it. As opposed to, you know, I, I'm assuming that that stuntman got reamed out that day. I'm sure they, they yelled at him a lot for, for messing up the shot until they were looking at the dailies and they're like, hey, wait a second, we can actually do we something can use with this. this. Yeah, a happy accident. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, th- I like the way that, that, that they, they show him grab on. You know, things, things work well. Yeah. The, now, I think uh, this is cut, a little unrealistic that he is... Um, yeah, he is falling, and maybe he can slow himself a little bit, sliding along the walls of uh, you know of this shaft. But he's basically in free fall. Yeah, and he grabs and he stops himself, 
um, just by the tips of his, you know, his fingers, because it's not like a bar that he can grab onto. It's a flat surface. Right. Well, we're talking about that he doesn't have muscles, but he yeah. apparently does a lot of finger exercises. Yeah, because those fingers are nice and they're 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 able to grab on. They're the ones that that uh, it works. And I mean, come on, you want to talk about unrealistic? Just continue what happens here. You know, he's able to to actually climb up the side of the shaft with his bare feet. You know, he's got no, no, nothing to grip onto or anything like that. He's, he's holding it with his fingertips to the edge of the vent and he's able to lift himself up and walk up the side of the shaft with his bare feet. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no traction, uh, or anything there. So it's it's a little strange the the way they do it, but it's still fun. The, the, the wonders of adrenaline. Well, I guess he would have been from the adrenaline and the, the action. There'd be some sweat. I don't know if that you know would that make his feet sticky? Would that make him more slippery? Uh, I think it would make him more slippery. <laughs> I would I would think it would be more slippery that way. Yeah. You know, and this whole time we see Carl still trying to find him. You know, he's he's walking slowly now. The the two henchmen are nowhere to be seen. Carl is there by himself. You know, Fritz and Franco basically said, all right, you find him and then we'll come, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> They're like, Carl, you go ahead. Uh, we got your back. Yeah. Um, and then we, we get a shot of him actually crawling through the 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 duct. You know, he's, he's able to get into it. It's pitch black. Mm-hmm. And he starts uh, walking through it. Now, me just looking at this makes me claustrophobic. You know, I don't even need to. I'm not claustrophobic. But just <laughs> looking at the way that he is crammed in there. You know, he really does look like a TV dinner. You know, just crammed into this this aluminum, uh, you know, duct the whole time. Yeah, this would bother me. Now it looks like it's. Are you claustrophobic? Um, not usually, oh. but in, in but I'm also usually not in that confined of a space. Uh, it would worry me because he can, like, he can fit through. I'm not I, looking at this. I'm not concerned that he's going to get stuck and won't be able to move. Well, but so I think Schwarzenegger's not here because Schwarzenegger would. Yes, Schwarzenegger would not fit. But also, he cannot. Like, turn around. Right. You know, if he suddenly needs to reverse direction, he just has to crawl backwards. He can't. Correct. Um, or if, you know, there's something else in that duct and he feels something like clawing or biting at his toes, like, there's no way he can he can see what that is. That's true. Also. Yeah, it's a good point. And so he, like, inches himself along, tries to think. So, like, oh, claustrophobia, right? It's so, just to let everyone know who's, who's interested in a little bit more information about claustrophobia. So claustrophobia is the fear of confined spaces. It can be triggered by many situations or stimuli, including elevators, especially when crowded to capacity, windowless rooms, hotel rooms with closed doors and sealed windows, sometimes even bedrooms with a lock on the outside, small cars. Uh, tight-necked clothing can also induce a response in those who have severe claustrophobia. Wow. Just your clothes can make you feel claustrophobic. That's that's very interesting. I never thought about it. I know sometimes I've I've had a turtleneck that was too tight that made me feel uncomfortable. It made you feel claustrophobic, or you just I don't know if that qualifies as uncomfortable. Put on a little bit of weight. That's that's what I you know I put on the shirt and you're like okay it's a little bit so yeah I need to lose a few pounds in order for the shirt to fit back on. Not I don't feel claustrophobic (laughs) at that point. You know, and it's uh, typically classified as an anxiety disorder which uh, quite often can result in uh, panic attacks. And many uh, onsets of claustrophobia uh, can can be caused by many different things. Sometimes uh, uh, it could be dealing with, uh, you know, conditioning or something in, in, in the brain that will let people do it. How many people 
do you think in the world are affected by claustrophobia? What percentage? You have a random. Uh, I would say just like one percent. I don't think it's too common. Okay. Um, actually, they, they did a study and they they came across that it's anywhere between five and ten percent of the world population okay. has some form of claustrophobia. Most of them uh, are not being treated for this disorder. It's, I guess it's more just the idea that that someone can be in a in a place and feel uh, maybe the walls closing closing in a little bit. I, I'm assuming that this they're they're not talking here about severe claustrophobia mm-hmm. with that number. I think that that number would probably be much closer to the one percent that you said. The, but you know the the five to ten percent it just probably means people that are feel a little bit uncomfortable in those type of uh, situations or whatever. And where where do you think the 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 word claustrophobia comes from? Any any idea the etymology of it? What would you think? Um, I mean, I would guess Latin or Greek, just because so much of uh, so much language, and particularly when talking about medicine, a lot of terms come from Latin. Um, but I'm, yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, well it's a very know. good guess because the first part of the word is from the Latin and the second part is from the Greek. Oh, there you go. So yeah, that's pretty good, Sean. <laughs> there you go. Right. So the, the, the Latin word claustrum, which means a shut in place, and the Greek term phobis means fear. So it's a combination of the two. Okay. So that, that, that works well in this type of situation. And, you know, we, we see him inching his way through, through this, this, uh, duct. I love how he reaches behind with his arm in order to reach into his pocket, you know, to pull out the, the lighter. The lighter, yeah. You know, which is, uh, it <laughs> It doesn't look very comfortable the way that he's doing it. And it also, it reminds me, like in Lethal Weapon, the whole idea, you know, that, uh, you know, that that he needed, you know, he was able to dislocate his, his shoulder all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that it looks more or less yeah. that that's what McLean is trying to do here. You know, in order to be able to reach into their pocket, because I, I don't know if I would be able to reach into my pocket at that point. If your arm is in front of you, and then you need to, you know, in this type of shaft to to reach back and and pull it out. But yeah, I mean, there's just barely enough room for her for him to kind of swing his arm through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you know he he gets the 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 lighter in front of him, and he lights it up. So you see. I, I love one of the things I love about this movie is there there are so many aspects of the story, the the visual storytelling that you know we we saw that he took this lighter off of Tony mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, but you know here we go it's it's showing up again. He's not just taking the lighter. I mean, it's, and you think he's taking the lighter to light up a cigarette, not necessarily to you know. Uh, for give illumination. Himself, give himself a little bit of light in, in this uh, very dark, you know, uh, air conditioning shaft. So that, that that's done really well. And again, you get to see his, the, the fact that his watch is on backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he puts the, the face of the watch on the bottom part of his wrist as opposed to the top. Yeah, I don't know. Is that a military? Is it's, that a police a mili- thing? It is a military thing. Yeah. Okay. It makes it easier if you're, instead of, you don't have to turn your arm. Because your arm is, is straight, and then you just, right. just take a look at it, as opposed to turning it, you know, to, to look at it. That's like a, a more natural, mo- a more natural position to have the yeah. inside of your wrist facing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's definitely okay. true. Um, and I mean, <laughs> looking at him here, here again, do you, do you remember what he did with the gun right before with the pistol? His his gun right before he went out the the shaft. 
Yeah, is it uh, but like the back of his waistband? No, he put it in the front. In the front. Which means that that must really, Ooh. really hurt that he's right now crawling through the the shaft. I mean, later in the week when he takes it out, it's probably very uncomfortable You know that he was taking it out also from there because you have yeah. to reach under yourself to pull up the gun. You know, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, he, he, he does a nice job of that. And then they give us a great shot of the the rest of, or from his perspective, of the the air conditioning duct. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, it, and you can see how, how that it, it's a far, he's got a far journey to go through here, yeah. you know, which on the one hand, okay, he, it, you know, he can get to safety, but on the other mm-hmm. hand, it's going to take him a while to get to that safety. Right. And we, we saw and, him and a little someone, bit. And if, as you mentioned earlier, if someone or something is coming from the other end, he's screwed. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's just inching, going to be inching along slowly, pulling himself through. And, yeah, he's got a ways to go. And also, it just looks like um, there's no landmarks. There aren't too many distinguishing features right. in terms of figuring out where he is and, uh, you know, one place versus another. Correct. All right. Um, and that's how this minute ends. Do you, have, do you have anything else you want to say about the minute before we get into the script? Um, no, that's that's all I had for this minute. Right, so surprisingly, I mean, we've we've had minutes where there's nothing in the script. This this minute has a lot of description as to what's going on, mm-hmm. you know. So first of all, it starts off where uh, you know it, it shows McLean and it says he's overhead. Uh, sorry, he's overheard enough of the conversation. He was listening to the conversation. He apparently, according to the script, was able to hear the conversation between Carl and Hans that we talked about on Friday. So it says he's heard, uh, he's overheard enough of this to realize he's in deep shit. He backtracks to the air shaft door, strikes a cigarette lighter, and then it says, uh, hearing Carl approach, McLean thinks fast, looks down at, at his narrow confines, and then at his weapon and its canvas gunsling and metal strap, uh, metal strap slides. So one of the things that, that 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 happens in the the script that is not happening in the movie is it's completely dark. That's why he needed to light up the the lighter right beforehand. Also, mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that it's that that it has lower in, uh, illumination. You know we, that he doesn't need to be walking around with a with a flashlight or a lighter or something like that. You know we can see what's going on. There would, you know, movie movies that 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 do things where everything is pitch black. It, it's more difficult for the viewer also. You want to be able to to be able to see what, what's going on as opposed to just having to, to wait for them to light something up. Right. So this is a good balance in terms of we can see what's going on, but it's a realistic level of light because yeah. obviously he's not going to be in full daylight. In, right. In the, exactly. The, the air duct. Right. And then it says, uh, McLean quickly lets out all the slack in the sling. Then he braces the weapon across the outside opening of the air shaft door and lowers himself into the air shaft. Meanwhile, holding onto the canvas sling with his elbows bent over, it is like a kid doing a half-assed skin the cat on a swing set. Do you, do you know what that is? I've never even heard of that either. I wasn't yeah. able to figure out what it is. Swing the cat on... Uh, skin the cat on the swing set. Yeah, I haven't heard that phrase. Skin the know. cat never, on a swing I haven't set. either. His feet slowly move down the smooth aluminum walls until they reach the top of the air duct, then dangle in the open space. He straightens his arms to give him length enough to touch the bottom edge of the duct. Suddenly, he feels something give above him and looks up. It was designed to carry a gun on a man, not vice versa. The few inches of extra canvas are sliding through the clips, 
when they're gone, he will be too. So, you know, in, according to the script, it, it, it gives us, it gives McLean an indication that something's giving way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that we, I, I, I prefer the way that they do it in the movie. You know, that we don't see that, that he's concerned about it. That it's, it's better that he's also taken by surprise right. by the whole thing. You know, and then it says uh, that one, the, one of the canvas ends slips through the clip and McLean begins to fall. He grabs the ledge of the air duct as he falls and his body slams into the aluminum wall with an echoing boom. So, again, he doesn't reach the other side. He, he does what you said, that he, should, that he just needs to get to the, to the duct mm-hmm. on the floor below him. Right? So McLean, holding onto the ledge by his hands, with every ounce of strength, he tries to pull himself up into the horizontal duct clawing for a hold. Carl rounds the corner and sees McLean's rifle lying beneath the doorway. He moves to the small door, shines his light, and aims his rifle down into the air shaft, ready to fire. The shaft is deserted. Moving his light around, he sees the air duct. Without hesitation, he turns and backtracks to the pump room. So, I mean, this is giving away a little bit of what happens later in the minute, uh, in tomorrow's minute, but it's still nice that, you know, I I like the way that they, they describe it here. You know, he gets into the room, he sees McLean, or he sees the gun. Yeah. You know, so it, it shows that Carl is a lot brighter than you would think. You know, he's able to quickly figure out, okay, this is what's going on. McLean is here. Uh, what I need to do is get to figure out where he, where he, you know, which duct he's now in, as opposed to uh, where he was. Right. So, right. That, th- those are the, the, the differences from in the script for this minute. So every Monday we have a segment called Die Hard on a Monday, where my guests will give their top five Die Hard genre movies. Okay, so what have you got for us, Sean? All right, so hopefully I've got a I've got a good five. Um, well, if you like them, then they're then they're considered a good five. Okay, not, this isn't this isn't a contest. You know, you don't have to to make sure that 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 you have the the best ones that other people like. This is what Sean German likes. So this is what Sean German likes. I've got five. So I'm going to start with uh, Skyscraper from uh, 1996 with Anna Nicole Smith. And I will say this is a um, a, a so bad it's good for me. Uh, this is not a, a great film. It's not does not have great reviews, but I think it's. I think it's it's fun. It's pretty much uh, the same. It's pretty much Die Hard. It's it's Die Hard in a building, um, but die with hard in a building. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a you know it's an interesting concept. It's interesting concept. It's so crazy. It just might work, but in this case, it's um, I, and I'm not sure if this and it doesn't was, have the rock in it. Yeah. No, this is not the one with the rock, and I'm not even sure if this was like. If this was a serious turn at trying to turn Anna Nicole Smith into a an action star, or if this was done tongue in cheek, or you know, I I don't know what the you know what the intention was in making it, but I know the result is um, is 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 not good. But I think it's not good in in a fun way. Um, fun I will say it's good. it's it's up on YouTube. The whole film uh, in its entirety is available on YouTube. If you want to look it up, I will I, I will warn. The viewer that some scenes have have not aged well at all, uh, particularly um, Anna Nicole Smith or the movie. Uh, Anna Nicole, uh, the the film has not aged well, right? Um, uh, yeah, the the film has not aged well. There are um, sexually explicit scenes. There are uh, including show on 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 YouTube on YouTube. Wow, yeah, um, including some some sexual violence, um, and, and that's that's a 
uh, one particular scene that really has not is not something that you would include in a, a you know a, an action entertainment these days. So I uh, will say that there are parts of it that have not aged well, but I think the rest of it is um, it's just kind of caper fun. It's yeah, Anna Nicole Smith with you know running around a building the same way Bruce Willis does or or trying to at least. Um, so right. that's doing his best at that. That's that's doing that's her best. Doing her best. Yeah, that's that's my five. Um, my my four is uh, Die Hard on a Plane, and particularly this one with Wesley Snipes from 1992, and that's Passenger 57, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a lot of fun. And, and um, you know, one one sign of a great film is if you walk out with with quotes, with great lines, and this is the um, this is where Wesley says, "Always bet on black." That's uh, you know, that's where this that line originally comes from. Passenger fifty seven, I think, is is fun action. Right, I liked it, but but I gotta say, I always found it to be too short. It, mm-hmm. it you know they 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 don't drag out the story, or they don't draw out the story. I wouldn't say drag it out because drag it out is yeah. negative. They don't draw it out enough. You know, yeah, it's, and, so, and the bad guy is is far too superficial. Right, it is a little quick, which is which is strange because people that have that know me or have heard me talk about movies, it's very rare that I will say a movie is is too short. It's it's eighty five minutes, I think. I think a hundred minutes is like the perfect movie length, an hour forty. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, Casablanca, the best movie ever made, is a hundred and two. So uh, you know, you if you're going to go longer than that, you better be very good. So. You know, this, they could have done another 10 or 15 minutes to kind of fill it out. It, it is a quick, yeah, it's something like 85 minutes. It is a quick watch. Um, passenger 57. Uh, my number three is, uh, Die Hard on a Bus. And I'm, I'm sure the listeners are guessing that already. Uh, just from that description, it's from 1994 Speed. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a great fun film with, with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock and, and Dennis Hopper. And it's strange because from the description, I would think like there's no way this could be a good film. Like the the setup seems so ridiculous and so arbitrary to say. Especially in '93, yeah. When you when you say okay, Keanu Reeves, come on, yeah, yeah. you're taking you're taking <laughs> Ted and you're putting him on a bus, you know. Well, yeah. Speaking of uh, yeah, uh, unlikely action stars at right. that point, yeah, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, but also just talking about what well, like so the the bus can't slow down. Right. How does how does that work? How do you set that up? My, but they they did it. My favorite speed reference is is from. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen Mad About You? The no. show with, uh, with Paul, Paul Reiser? Well, Paul Reiser so and he's, Helen He's Hunt. like a documentary director. So uh, there's one episode where it's just a throwaway line right at the beginning of the episode where he's going through his wallet and he pulls out a piece of paper and it says, uh, you know, bomb on a bus goes off after 55, uh, if, if it goes below 55. <laughs> and he goes, nah, it never happened. And he throws <laughs> the piece of paper away. You know, that type of thing. All right, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, my number two from 1979 is Die Hard in Outer Space, and that's Alien, uh, which okay. is one of the few Die Hard films that that precede Die Hard. But I think it fits into yeah. into that category, specifically the the kind of the third act when it's just uh, you know Ripley on her own trying yeah. to uh, to escape the alien. Right. Um, so that's my number two. That's a great film. And then number one is, uh, I mean, it's just the best. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's Die Hard in a home with a child who's all alone. It's Home Alone, uh, with Macaulay Culkin from 1990. I think that's my, my, my favorite, uh, you know, Die Hard genre film. Yeah. I, I always love that, that, that film is listed. You know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Home Alone like, like a lot of people are. I, 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 I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, I, I think I was also not the right age when I saw it because I was I was already sixteen or seventeen when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was you know it wasn't as interesting as I you know people who are a little younger might have seen it. But I like the fact that it's always put on these lists of a diehard type of thing, and most people don't even realize that you know you can put a movie like Home Alone in that situation. Yeah, you know, which is great. So yeah, that's a, that's a great choice. All right, great. That, that's really good. Thank you very much for that. So you yeah. want to tell people how they can get in touch with you uh, and, uh, you know, be able to, to sleep in one of your uh, drawers? <laughs> yeah, well, so you can uh, hear me talk about films. And uh, at uh, my, my podcast is the Next Scene Podcast. And we're at nextscenepod.com and Next Scene Pod on the social media. And uh, we do uh, – one of the things we do is a holiday special every year around uh, around Christmas or Thanksgiving – uh, the, the United States Thanksgiving that's that's at the end of November will do a holiday special. And actually, one year we covered uh, Home Alone uh, as our holiday special. I think we broke it up into six parts. Uh, not quite the minute by minute treatment that uh, that you're doing here with Die Hard, but you know, yeah, you can hear us talk about uh, Home Alone and many other uh, films at nextscenepod.com. All right, great. And finding me is very simple. All you do is just a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. Find me on Twitter. Or you can go directly to our website. Um, I, I'm not even going to ask you if you want to come back again tomorrow, Sean. I think I have to ask myself. Do I are you going to come back do tomorrow? Do I want to stay here for another day and come back tomorrow? And the answer is definitely yes, because you've so far been a very gracious host for right. today. So let, let's hope tomorrow you'll still be as gracious of a host and, and won't uh, have enough of me by then. So uh, until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay.